talking about it. This is Hamilton Today with Scott Thompson on 900 CHML. Wow, this is exciting. For Grey Cup weekend, he's actually decided to come in and do it live. Are you sure you can do this? You haven't done it in a while. Nobody's listening. Other than billions of people. Hey, it's Hamilton Today. I'm Curtis Thompson, Scott's son. Ted and Diana are in the newsroom. Will is flying the board. All right, here we go. Kicking off Grey Cup weekend in the hammer. Try catch eat the Bombers Raw. Here's Scott Thompson. Clearly, it's going to be one of those shows. It's going to get ugly. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he comes in the door as I'm putting up the tent, and I said, well, why don't you do it live? Well, I don't know, Dad. The one I did was so good. It was perfect. I don't know if I can do it live now. And, of course, he rises to the occasion, and, uh, and, and, and Will actually <laughs> guilted him into do it. Way to go, Will. You'll make a great parent. Uh, Thank you. And, and by, there you go. And, uh, oh yeah, by the way, it is Hamilton today. I'm Scott Thompson. It's 310. Uh, Will Erskine on the board and Ted Michaels and Diana Weeks are in the newsroom as we head into a Grey Cup weekend. And what a bar burner it is going to be. And yeah. And oh yeah, we, uh, we have, uh, Max Kerman of the Arkells going to be joining us uh, towards the end of the show and talk about the halftime show and and you know sort of the project and what he's done to to do this because basically they got like 15 minutes 15 minutes and you know you're on and off and uh, it's actually like you're a player running onto the field because it's not like you know you're uh backstage you're getting ready the equipment's been all set up and everything's perfect um you know this they just roll the whole thing out and you're kind of running behind it and jumping on, and, and off you go. Bruce Springsteen once said about doing the halftime show at the Super Bowl, it's like doing the encore. So so very cool. We're going to talk uh, to Max about all of that stuff and, and how the band's getting ready and what we can expect come up uh, Sunday at the uh, halftime show at the Grey Cup in Hamilton. And we got a big show today to uh, get us all in the spirit as if we need to. Uh, we certainly are pretty much uh, there now. And you just, you know, when you think about what's going on now, imagine what it's going to be like in 2023. Uh, my goodness, and what a goal to shoot for for the Cats to try for that one. Anyway, one day at a time, and of course, uh, let's get you ready for, for Sunday. All right, uh, it's time for the Small Business Spotlight, looking on uh, areas and businesses of all types within the Hamilton area, making their way through a global pandemic, and my goodness now, with such a great event in the city as the Grey Cup, and things starting to very cautiously open up uh this is great to see that uh at least we can get an abbreviated version of the gray cup in want to focus on odds your local bar odds bar one of the hot spots this weekend you can enjoy sunday brunch catch the game enjoying the atmosphere and take a shuttle right from there and there is another gray cup connection uh they are co-owned by a couple of uh, local musicians who are playing the halftime show so to talk more john rome is with us general manager and operator of odds bar it's located at 164 James Street South and is with us now. John, thanks for the time. I hope you're well. Yeah, absolutely. Oski wee wee. Back at you. Going to be a big weekend. So uh, first, give us a little back history on this bar and, and how it all came about. 
Yeah, so uh, we opened uh, we opened about three years ago. Uh, obviously, we went through all the COVID stuff. Um, we had a bit of a transfer of ownership and uh, reopened back in May. And uh, since then, just been trying to kind of slide by as, as well as we can. And now with the Grey Cup happening, we got a lot of stuff going on this weekend. And uh, I think we're all really looking forward to being busy. And I understand that there's a couple of reasons to celebrate here. It's your birthday today. Yeah, yes, it is actually, yeah. Well, happy birthday to you, and here's hoping this one is better than the last couple have been for you. Uh, I'm, and, I'm and, sure it will be, thank you. And all of us, for that matter. So give a, give us a taste of, of what odds is like. Uh, describe it to those that may have never been there. Yeah, so it's uh, it's a relatively smaller sports bar. It's about uh, like 35, 40 seats or so. Um, really casual. We try and elevate the food program a little bit, so uh, we take a little more... Uh, we put a little more effort into our food program and uh, everything's fresh and try and make sure everyone enjoys their food. So when you're coming in for a game, you also get to experience a good restaurant. Um, and then on top of that, we do a lot of craft beer. Uh, we do some cocktails. And uh, yeah, it's just generally speaking, we just try and make it a fun place for everyone that comes. Uh, how did you decide to to come up with this sort of balance of, and I don't want to characterize it the way it's going to sound, but obviously you wanted to do a sports bar, but you wanted something a bit different in the food fair, something that maybe elevates it a notch from what we're normal, the normal pub fair per se. Right. Uh, I mean, we still have a lot of, of, of similar options. Like we'll have, we have like sure. a fried chicken sandwich. We have, we have wings, we have nachos. Um, but then on the other hand, we also have some things like we have dumplings, uh, we do cauliflower nugs. We do things like that. Um, we have an all-day breakfast, Sammy. And it was just more so the whole thought is, uh, like, I personally am a big a big sports guy. And uh, for me, a lot of times going out to sports bars, uh, you end up at your corporate place, which which is fun, and it's, they've got their place for sure. Um, but we wanted to do something a little bit different. Uh, we wanted to take uh, as much pride in what we do as possible, so... And what about the clientele? Is it people in the hood? Is it people from outside the hood? Uh, you know, because I like the angle. Your local bar. Here's what it is. Yeah. So we we have a lot of we have a lot of regulars for sure that are that are there on a, on like an every week or every two week basis. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of people who have come to, come come by once or twice and and they've had a good time, so they keep coming back. And I mean, generally speaking, it's it's anywhere from up on the mountain to downtown. We're we're pretty much right downtown just uh on james so it's 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 a it's a wide range of clientele i mean we get people that are 22 that go to mcmaster we get people that are 75 that want to come in and have a beer and watch games so so what do you got planned for this weekend uh this weekend's a big one so uh all weekend we're doing uh three dollar shots we're doing 550 beers from collective arts we're doing the audio visual on tap uh, and then uh, Saturday, Friday, tonight, tomorrow should just be normal, good old fun times. I think we're expecting a few more fans from out of town than we would usually get. Hmm. Uh, and then Saturday, we're doing a party brunch. So we have a DJ coming in from 10 to 2 p.m. Uh, so we have a DJ where we're doing bottomless mimosas and bottomless beers uh, with an inclusion of a brunch item for $35. And then at 2 we're closing. We're kind of resetting for 3 p.m. where we're doing a little tailgate where uh, if you reserve 
a seat on our shuttle bus, which goes to the game at 5 o'clock. Um, then you get an inclusion of a beer, and uh, you get to come in and tailgate with us for two hours, which uh, I believe is almost sold out. I think we probably have about five to eight seats left for that. But, uh, yeah, and then we're obviously going to be showing the Grey Cup, and we've had a lot of uh, people inquiring about that. We don't do reservations for that, but uh, anyone that wants to walk in, by all means. All right, uh, there you go. There's a perfect example of what hosting a major event like this means to the community. John Rome is with us, general manager and operator at Odds Bar, 164 James Street South in the Hammer. Check it out. John, good luck this weekend. Have fun. Enjoy. Thank you so much. All right, it is 327-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. Devin's on the line. Devin, what's on your mind? What's up, brother? How you doing, Scott? I'm doing well. Are you ready? Are you getting ready for the weekend? Yeah, baby. I'm heading to the Hamilton Convention Center to work a shift right now. Just finished at Collective Arts. We're long overdue for one, man. I hope we take it this year. I know. And then think of this. What we got happening with the, the other sporting events coming up, uh, you know, the, the World Cup qualifier and then the outdoor hockey game and then another cup at 2023. It's a good time to be in the hammer. It's a nice break in the clouds, baby. We're long overdue for it. <laughs> a nice break in the clouds. Well put. Have fun this weekend, Devin. You as well, man. Cheers. Thanks for all you do. All right. Thank you. Uh, the Grey Cup will be an outdoor event, so outdoor is absolutely safer than indoors. Anyone going to that event will have to have proof of vaccination, uh, will be screened for symptoms, uh, and um, masking should be uh, maintained in those settings unless you're eating or drinking. Uh, and as well, in the large venues, we're confident in their verification process, um, uh, uh, ensuring that anyone entering those facilities is immunized. Ontario's top doc, Dr. Karen Moore, Talking about attending this weekend's Grey Cup festivities. And, you know, a lot of people saying, how come you can pack all these people in the stadium, yet I can't have people in my house? Or they're saying, you know, be cautious. And it's like, well, if you're going to check and make sure everybody has a double vaccination and all that sort of thing, then you're in. Again, again, that's what makes these events work is that there's very strict security and making sure that everybody is uh, fully vaccinated. So that's the difference between people letting you into a stadium and people letting you into their home. Unless, of course, you're one of those people that, uh, and some do, and, you know, they'll um, stick a, no- a thing up your nose and, and test you before you come into the home. Um, but obviously uh, a lot more supervised in a professional setting than it is in a residential setting. And that's basically the answer you're going to get. All right, let's bring in Dr. Timothy Sly, epidemiologist, professor, School of Population, Public Health, Ryerson University, and talk about where we are with COVID today. Uh, Tim, thanks for the time. I hope you're doing well. Yes, Scott, thank you. Uh, so, uh, big uh, news today was that the Ontario government said it will lower the age to those eligible for the booster come January to 18 plus. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think uh, from that perspective, it's it, they're saying, look, we have the vaccine. Uh, this this thing is unknown. It's coming along. Even the last one, Delta, <clears throat> is still the predominant strain, and it's taken a big leap up again, just like it did last year. So we're they're sort of pulling out all stops here and saying, let's try and get as much vaccine into as many arms as possible, regardless of the age or anything else. It's a, you know that I agree with that, you know, but but we've got to also look at, at how we're not really serving the rest of the world as well. But that's that's a philosophical argument. Yeah. 
Uh, so uh, obviously we're at uh, 1,453 new cases today. These numbers are climbing. Obviously we can't compare a vaccinated world to a non-vaccinated world, say like a year ago and such. But are you concerned about those? Uh, we we hear more about the Omicron variant, a variant obviously, but even as early on as Monday, last Monday, we were talking about Dr. Fauci saying that it doesn't appear at this point to be quite as dangerous as Delta, although it is very quick spreading, and we're hearing more of that information. So how do you balance this? Well, quite honestly, uh, the, the talk about the Omicron, it's really too soon. This thing, if, if, if indications are from South Africa, it may well move far much more rapidly than Delta. But let's put that to one side for a second, because it's really only here in dribs and drabs. There's a few dozen, I would imagine, uh, several hundred cases at the moment, because it is around. But the, what we're facing with is another wave of Delta. But the problem is a year ago, when you and I were speaking back in late November, early December, in uh, 2020, um, we had a, a variant there that was not really moving that much faster than the original one. It was about 1.4 times. But since then, Delta's come along, and it's boosted that up enormously. So, so what we were worried about then, before the vaccines really began to get a hold in anything, we began to see it surging because people were coming inside from outside on the patio, back in their basements and so on, and uh, that was bad enough. What we're seeing is the same thing happening here, but we're still with Delta around, which is going to push things even higher. Now, the big difference, of course, is we've got, I just did the calculation between 76 and 77 percent of the total population of, mm. of, uh, of Ontario has have been fully vaccinated. Uh, and that's much, much different to what it was uh, a year ago. So you've got things on the both sides, a push and a pull. We've got a more, more virulent variant, which is still Delta at the moment, and we've got a lot more people vaccinated. So, you know, maybe, maybe it won't be an astronomical peak, but it, it's still going up, though, no question. What about people's headspace, Tim? Because we all know about the fatigue. I think we were talking about that about six months ago. And obviously, we've seen great improvement. We've seen massive numbers in vaccination. You're talking about 70%, 76% of the total population. It's well over 90 with the first dose for 12 plus. Uh, so the, the, the vaccination rates are astronomical, really, when you think about it. Uh, so at the end of the day, where is our mindset on this? Are, are you worried that, that we may be losing the room as there is a, a lot of fear around this new variant, which now appears not to be quite as severe? And again, this is care and caution, these very, very, very early days. But what about the fatigue factor here? You can't ignore it, and I think you've, you've, you've hit it on the head here. I mean, everybody, no matter where they are, they've got their own story to tell. They've got their own uh, t- tales of woe, and, uh, yeah. and they just can't take it anymore, that kind of thing. And you can understand that. And this is why I think everybody in at the government level is trying to do their darndest to avoid uh, lockdown, shutdown, repression, suppression, that kind of thing. It may come to that if, it, if, if, if things get out of control. Supposing, supposing in another three months yet another variant comes from some darkest area there where it's been uh, multiplying, and this one avoids all the vaccines 
and has got a four times the lethality rate. Well, then we go back to the beginning. It's game, you know, it's the beginning of the new game then, back to square one. We don't want that to happen. And in that case, we might have to see uh, severe lockdowns, schools closing and that. But at the moment, everybody is so afraid of doing that, and they're trying to do everything else to avoid it. And that means uh, the mitigation. That means don't throw away your mask yet. Double mask if you have to. Keep it going. Keep the sanitizer going. Uh, keep, open the windows if you can. Turn up the ventilation system in your home because we know that once air goes through a system like that, it doesn't have to be a very sophisticated filtering system, but once it goes through a system like that, we really don't recover live virus coming out the other end. So even mm. with closed windows and doors, you can still do a lot to do. So mitigation becomes the, the fallback. And, and, of course, without even saying it, the word vaccination, you know, let's get those numbers high. Canada is doing pretty well at the moment. Canada can pat itself on the back to how far it's gone compared with many other countries. But don't let slacken off that. Let's get that last bit done as well. Well said, Dr. Timothy Sly with us, epidemiologist, professor in the School of Population and Public Health with Ryerson University. Uh, Tim, as always, thanks for decoding it all. Have a great weekend. Always a pleasure, Scott. Thanks. Of course, we're asking you to give us a call, tell us your thoughts, give us the well wishes for the Cats and your feelings as we head into a Grey Cup weekend, and Paul has done just that. All right, Hamilton, everybody needs to come down to the stadium. Sunday, you're on your Cats. This is our year. We've waited way too long for this. Let's get down there and cheer the boys on. Oski wee wee. All right. Holy Mackinac. Tigers. Man, that's beautiful. Uh, it is. You can feel it building over the course of the weekend. It's going to be great. It's going to be exciting. All right. Uh, we've chatted at length of uh, of what it means for the city to get a Grey Cup. And, and, and whenever there's a large uh, event like this that uh, a city is trying to stage, obviously, and I guess rightly so, people question whether it's worth it, how much do we get out of it. And we've heard over and over again, uh, and the government said this earlier on, the government of Ontario, when they gave some money for this Grey Cup and the other, one that's coming up in 2023 that for every buck they put in they get another 20 at least out of it uh so it helps everybody in the hammer especially after going through what we've all been through going through in the last year and a half or so let's bring in keenan loomis president of the hamilton chamber of commerce and with us now keenan thanks for the time i hope you're well oh i am so great scott this is a such a a great weekend this is going to be so uh happy friday I mean, this is a, a total two thumbs up here, Keenan. Uh, it's one thing to be hosting the Grey Cup, but then to have your home team in it. This this has just increased the excitement, hasn't it? Yeah, it really has. I mean, we we obviously we knew we were hosting for uh, for a while now. I had a bit of an up and down year, but they've obviously finished strong. Last week's game was absolutely incredible. I was there. It was one of the best games I've ever been at. So they're peaking at the right time, obviously. And uh, there was just no way that they could lose last week because of uh, you know what we're experiencing now the 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 excitement the build up it wouldn't be the same if it were uh Toronto that uh, was playing in this game so talk about what this does bring to the city from a chamber of commerce perspective keenan how important is this it is it's very important obviously it brings in uh tens of millions of dollars uh an actual hard economic impact to the businesses uh in the downtown the the hotels the the hospitality industry, the uh, incredible restaurants that we have uh, in this community. Um, and obviously, as you said, uh, those are the businesses that need it the most uh, at this point in time. So what a shot in the arm uh, for sure. But 
also an incredible morale boost uh, for the the community. And everybody's just so excited because, you know, it has been uh, over a generation since we hosted uh, before. Um, the, we now have one of the biggest fan bases in in uh, in the CFL, if not the biggest, depends on how you measure it. And uh, and we deserve this. And it's it's going to be uh, just a, an incredible feeling that so many people have not had the opportunity to to have uh, a lot of newcomers to the city, and of course uh, a lot of young people uh, in the city as well. And talk about the exposure that a city gets for hosting an event like this, especially when you get to do it in another two years. I mean, my goodness, think about what you can learn going through this one in a somewhat abbreviated version and then get ready for the one in 2023. And boy, everybody is going to know where the Grey Cup is in 2023 after watching this one. Yeah, no, exactly. And the tens of millions of dollars worth of exposure that uh, we get as well by being in the spotlight across the country, having millions of eyeballs on Hamilton uh, over the course of this week. And as we all know, Hamilton looks great from from uh, from above. Uh, and, and all those videos, all those uh, shots that they're going to be incorporating into uh, the Great Cup festivities on Sunday uh, are going to make us look incredibly amazing and a destination for people to, to come and visit, just like uh, tens of thousands of people are doing here in Hamilton. And I, I want to ask, you know, Hamiltonians, one of the things is the economic impact isn't going to be as great this year because we don't have uh, yeah. another visiting team uh, coming into town. So, you know, we got Hamiltonians staying in Hamilton, but I'm going to encourage those people that aren't going to the game to make sure that they, they order in from a, a local uh, Hamilton mm-hmm. restaurant. Uh, we at the Chamber have kind of extended the the festivities of Hamilton Day uh, to incorporate uh, Great Cup as well. We've been actually targeting Winnipeggers and and other folks from across Canada who are visiting uh, Hamilton and and telling them to shop local. But uh, the the message remains from Hamilton Day as well, that uh, Hamiltonians, this is where we step up and uh, support our local restaurants and, uh, and hospitality industry as well. Uh, and again, as we've mentioned, that we got another one coming in 2023. But what? How much is it a bit of a compromise for the abbreviated version? Obviously, due to the pandemic, can you measure what you're losing, what you're gaining uh, through all of this? I don't know if anybody has done exactly that impact, but I, we know there is an impact, and that's exactly what the the reason they use the Ticats use for pitching that we host in in 2023 uh, yeah. as well. And as you said, there's so much to learn this time around. Uh, and basically, the whole Grey Cup apparatus remains intact. It, it might uh, take a well-deserved break, uh, but the the playbook is right there. And uh, you know, the the last time we hosted this, it was a far different uh, event. And mm. uh, the, whoever hosted it at that point in time, they, you can't just slide them in and 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 allow them to you know take over this time around. Whereas in in two years' time, it'll be the same folks, uh, and uh, it will be a lot easier, and, and we'll be able to accommodate all of that expanded. Uh, festivities uh, that's going to happen uh, in the lead-up to the game and at the game itself in 2023. And kudos to everybody who came together and made the second one happen in 2023, because not only is it a great idea, but to have announced it when they've announced it, it really keeps the momentum going. I thought that was a really smart idea. Yeah, I did too. And it, it was the, the Thai Cats who obviously, and again, this is where we have a little bit of heft now in, in having the, the largest fan base in uh in the CFL and not having uh, hosted this in a really long time. We've obviously now had Tim Hortons Field for uh, long enough that, you know, it should have been here a while back. Hmm. Um, 
one of the things is, you know, we do have to work on the, uh, the, the number of hotel rooms that we have in the downtown, but that also means the, that the economic impact of this is spread out uh, across the city um, in Dundas and, you know, on the mountain and, and uh, in Stony Creek where we, we have all the hotels and, and across into Burlington and Niagara as well. So this is uh, very much not just a Hamilton uh, success story, but a, a regional uh, impact as well that uh, we're experiencing at this moment. Keenan Loomis with us, president of the Hamilton Chamber of, of Commerce, and of course, everybody just giddy about this weekend, having the Grey Cup, and of course, the Thai Cats in it. Keenan, thanks so much for yeah. taking the time. I know you're busy, and good work for everybody down at the Chamber. Uh, you're making us look proud. Congratulations. Have a great thanks, weekend. Scott. Catch up on the news and information you've missed. This is Hamilton Today with Scott Thompson on 900 CHML. Hey! I would just like you to play more of that Ron Kells band. Go tie Cats and go Ron Kells. Oh man! Actually, we ask, uh, uh, we ask, uh, we ask Max about that coming up in the interview, which uh, you'll hear after the five thirty news. Uh, Max Kerman of the Arkell is going to be joining us after the five thirty news to talk about the Grey Cup halftime show and the band getting ready for that. Uh, Fifteen minutes of fun with the Lumineers. All right. Uh, it is time. Oh, have we done anything? Oh, sorry. Hamilton today. I'm Scott Thompson. Will Erskine is here. Ted Michaels and Diana Weeks making their way out of the newsroom around the big round table to talk about the issues of the day. Pretty obvious what it is this weekend. Of course, the 108th edition of the Grey Cup in the Hammer. Uh, good to have you all here. Have you got the fever? Are you excited? Are you feeling the buzz? Uh, no, I'm just getting ready for the game. <laughs> oh, come on! No, 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 I'm just getting you know, ready for the game. You know, let no, me no. start with this. Let me start with this, because I'm asking you guys later what your favorite uh, best uh, Grey Cup memory is. So yes, think about yes. that. But I, So I'm sitting here thinking about this, because I remember being here. I was at Y95 during 1996 when the Grey Cup was here. Yep. And you'll remember this, Ted. They had a hard time unloading tickets for it. Uh, now, it was a bigger uh, stadium layout because there wasn't COVID, so right. they had added extra seats to it but there was not the interest or the buzz uh that there is this time out and do you do you feel that ted it's completely different this time no i don't and rick and i talked about this no let me explain because generally if in a gray cup city and i've said this before you see you see signage you see marketing you see a lot of stuff there really isn't anything downtown and i understand it's because of covid i get it but i would throw this out if the tiger cats weren't in the Grey Cup, would anybody care about the Grey Cup coming to Hamilton? It seems everybody's caught up now. They're buying tickets. They're selling for as high as like twenty-two thousand bucks. So, wow. um, fever-wise, I think the, everybody's excited because the Cats are in it. If they weren't, it will be sold out. But you certainly would have less of a buzz, in my opinion, than you got right now. Does that negate the fever, though? Yeah, I think you're still, you still would have seen a sellout, no matter if it was the Cats or not, because they were close to it anyway. Now, mind you, they were always in contention, and we always thought they were going to be there or right. hope that they would. Yep. Um, but to me, it's, it feels different, because I remember in 96, there wasn't quite the excitement. And, you know, mind you, Hamilton was in a completely different place in 1996, and that's not the team, the city itself. So, uh, again, I, I'm seeing a much feeling, and, and you're right, Ted, there isn't the festivities that you, no. you used to get. Um, but that being said, I think there's a much more 
positive vibe this time out. Diana, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I was at the, uh, what's it called last night? The Spirit, Spirit of, of Edmonton. Edmonton. What was that like? That was awesome. And you know what? There were a lot of CFL fans, not just Bombers fans and Ticats fans, but there was obviously the uh, Elks fans there. And it was just more of a CFL party in general. So I feel like, yeah, obviously here in Hamilton, it's a lot more exciting because the Cats are in it. Yeah. But I do feel like, you know, People are really jonesing to get back to a party, a good CFL party, since the season was canceled in in 2020, you know? Good point. Any party is a party at this time. We'll take it no matter what it is. Uh, Will, what are your thoughts? Are you feeling the buzz? I'm I'm feeling the buzz, and I I have to... um disagree slightly with Ted and just say that I think people were already excited. They wanted their party and they already knew the Arkells were going to be there. So Mm. I think that's started some of it. And yeah, I think the buzz is going around. It might also be online more than me and Ted are. So it could be something like that where we're just not seeing it as much. All right, Teddy, you've said you've covered like 10 of these. So uh, give us your best Grey Cup memory. When you think the Grey Cup uh, and what comes to mind after covering so many? 1989, first year of the uh, then called Sky Dome. Tiger Cats Mm. are playing Saskatchewan. Um, It was the first time I walked in and saw like a full stadium of 55,000 people. It was was perfect. It was Saskatchewan fans. We know how great they are. The place was resplendent either in green and white or black and gold. And of course, the classic football game. I People don't want to hear about it, but the 43-40, last second field goal by Dave Ridgway. Many have called it, and I would tend to agree, the greatest Grey Cup game ever. Tiger Cats lost, but boy, oh boy, that was exciting to say the least. So that was that's probably my number one. Diana, did you got a memory? Uh, no, not really. I mean, uh, I haven't covered. <laughs> this is my first Grey Cup that I'm actually yeah. covering, so that's I'm pretty stoked about that. Um, so no, I don't, but I do enjoy hearing Ted stories about them. <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, I remember in 1996, I told this story earlier uh, when uh, we hosted it back then, and uh, my partner and I were broadcasting live from the lobby of the Royal Connaught Hotel. It was then still the original and uh, run-down uh, Royal Connaught Hotel. It's not the the the, uh, the obviously showpiece it is today. It was sort of on its last legs then. And we're in the lobby, and it's you know there's the old hotel, and all of a sudden uh, the the horse comes in through the lobby, and I'll just never forget this because the horse was so big, and the rider actually had to hug the horse's neck to get underneath the door uh, to get into the lobby of the Royal Connaught Hotel. And and then rode the uh, horse all the way up the steps to the room at the 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 ballroom or whatever at the top of the stairs. And I just thought, wow, this is a party, man. I've never been somewhere where they rode a horse in like two feet in front of me and up the stairs of uh, of the Royal Cannot Hotel. I'll never forget that. So that one, uh, they they did that again yesterday at the Marriott yep. up on Upper James. Uh, yep. So the tradition continues. Yeah, and what is the tradition behind that? Do we know? Is it? Yeah, it, because it, it was the first year that that Calgary was in the Grey Cup, I believe, nineteen forty-eight. Because uh, normally it was in the East, so those Westerners are going to show those damn Easterners how to party. So they decided to ride the horse through the lobby of the then stayed Royal York Hotel, and the <laughs> Torontonians were <gasps> aghast. Oh, I love it. I love it. No, I wasn't there. This is a story. Just thought I'd point that out. All right. So let's talk about the game itself. Ted, what are your thoughts? Uh, What are you predicting? You've been been, uh, the guy, I think, so far. uh, Getting most of these right. Everybody listen to what I'm saying. Take your emotion out of it. Take your fandom out of it. And just Already look my, my at, sale has been deflated. Oh, look at the facts. Who has been the most consistent team this year? Who has been the best team this year? Who has the best offensive line this year? It all adds up. 
Winnipeg wins the game. Ooh, boy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ted, Ted's Tough. always. Maybe we should have went to Ted last. Ted's yep. always pretty bang on, though, so that's kind of concerning <laughs> oh, to no. me. It is. Don't concerning. lose faith. Uh, I know. Hang on, let me check my tarot cards. We'll figure <laughs> something out. <laughs> What are, what are your plans for Sunday? How are you going to celebrate this? Me? Um, yeah, well, we'll go around the table and see. Uh, for us, it's, you know, the TV tray set up in front of uh, the screen, and uh, we get the wings out and whatever, and it's really the only time we ever use TV trays. It's a, <laughs> uh, it's a tradition that takes us back to the 70s. Uh, what are you going to do? I'm going Dad? to the game. Oh, sorry, I'm going to the game. Yep. Diana's going yeah, to the game. I'm going there, so I'll be there. So what is your responsibility there, Diana? What are you going to do? Uh, cheer for the Thai Cat. <laughs> uh, have some fun. And then uh, after the game, I'm actually going to do some interviews with some people and have it uh, for uh, for the more Hamilton, Good Morning Hamilton on Monday. So hopefully Excellent. it'll be good. Hopefully there'll be some good interviews. <laughs> yeah, you draw the you drew the great assignment this weekend. Yeah. Uh, perfect. What about you, Ted? What do you do at the old homestead yeah. uh, after you've seen 10 of these? Like, you, like, Actually, you, know, you I lie just on like, the couch and slobber? What do you do? No, it, it, it doesn't matter what the uh, sporting event is. I like to watch it by myself. So my wife will leave me alone so I can just sit there and <laughs> no, I, I watch. Maybe you should have asked your wife what she was doing. I, I, I watch. I'm shopping. At times I curse, uh, but a but I watch the game. I'm focused on what uh, the broadcasters are saying, watching the matchups, you know, intently. More um, nuts. Well, it sounds like it's all business for you, Ted. Yeah. It's like you're working. You're not working. Just enjoy the game. Well, you know, I, I may have an adult beverage or two, possibly. All right. But uh, I'll, I'll watch the game because I really want to focus on, on the game keys and what I think will happen. So that's, you know, that's what. Because what I don't like, very quick story, is when we got people in the house and, shut up! And they're talking and I'm trying to watch the game and they say something important and I miss it totally. Especially if Ted's team's losing. Yeah, pretty uh, much. Will, what are you doing real quick? Uh, I'm still figuring that one out, but at the very least, going to be watching the game with friends and family in some way or another. Maybe I'll just ask Diana to Skype call me and I can watch it from her seat. And Ted, real quick, I just got a question for you. Yep. When we're talking about fever, I think we've had a miscommunication for this. Is the Ticats fever, are you feeling at least your own version of it? The excitement within you doesn't matter. No one else matters. What are you feeling right now? Because that's what I'm saying I'm feeling right now. So how about you, Ted? Um, um, I, I am excited for the city. That's all I'm saying. Uh, that's good enough. All right. That's good. Yeah, we'll take it. We'll, 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 uh, touchdown. Yes, it's good. You're listening to the Hamilton Today podcast from 900 CHML. All right. Let's bring in Rick Zamprin, host of the fifth quarter after every single Thai Cats game and host of Good Morning Hamilton every weekday morning from 530 till 9 right here on CHML. Rick, thanks for the time. I hope you're doing well. You must be getting excited. Scotty, I'm good. This has certainly been a whirlwind week with uh, lots of action, primarily off the field, of course, with the big game on Sunday. And I'm certain that come Sunday evening under uh, uh, some clouds and a very mild December 12th, we'll be entertained to some pretty good football. Looking forward to it. Yeah, boy, a little different from uh, a snowball or anything like that, that's for sure. Uh, talk about the history here of these two teams, not only with the quarterback, but past uh, Grey Cups and, and well, the last one to be uh, specific, and, and how that plays into Sunday. 
Well, number one, yeah, these two teams have a long history of playing in the Grey Cup, and Winnipeg has gotten the better of the Tiger Cats over the years, uh, more often than not, uh, including in 2019, uh, in which, you know, Hamilton had won a franchise record 15 games going into the final a couple of years ago and were the favorites to beat an 11-win Winnipeg team, but... As we saw at McMahon Stadium back in 2019, the, the better team on that day was the Blue Bombers, and they clearly dominated in a 32-12 to victory over Hamilton. Um, the last time the Grey Cup was played here in uh, Steeltown was back in 96, and we remember the snow globe type of game between the Argonauts and Edmonton uh, with the, the amazing touchdown catch that downtown Eddie Brown made. Uh, Jimmy the Jet Cunningham of the Argos returning a punt for a touchdown. Eddie Gizmo Williams doing the same for Edmonton. Danny Mack and Doug Flutie, the quarterbacks in that game. Uh, you know, 25 years is way too long between uh, Grey Cups for Hamilton, but here we are again in 2021, looking forward to finally hosting again. And, you know, this is the first time in 47 or 49 years that Hamilton can possibly win a Grey Cup on home soil. The last time was 1972, Angelo Mosca's last game in the CFL. That is a long time ago. I remember the 96 game. Uh, we were just talking uh, earlier on with uh, the rest around the round table about uh, the 96 game and and working uh, for Y95 and being uh, broadcasting live from the Royal Connaught Hotel and having the horse. This is when the Royal Connaught Hotel was open the first time. And the, the horse came in and, and went straight up the stairs. And, and you know, I, I was thinking back to those times and that memory. But it was very much a different vibe in the city then than it is now. And I remember, you know, even the ticket sales way back when. Whereas, you know, we're in a totally different Hamilton now. Obviously, the tie cats are a different team and in in the the gray cup as well but it's a very a very different scenario than it was back then well yeah certainly and i mean throw the pandemic into the mix here too because yeah. you know this is this is a great cup that's coming two years after the last one and you have to go back to you know basically uh, the the first world war when uh you had two straight seasons or at least one missed season because of uh, some kind of issue. Um, but yeah, throw, throw the pandemic into the mix. And we have, I don't want to really call it, you know, a muted uh, Grey Cup festival, but it is toned down from past yeah. years. You know, in, in past years, every team would have a venue that they would be in and kind of, uh, you know, take over a street or a block wherever they were situated. This year, there is the spirit of Edmonton at Industria Pisa, but all the other teams are involved in an east or west social at the Hamilton Convention Center. And obviously, that is being done for the safety of, you know, the people that are going in there. If you are going, you have to be double vaccinated, show that proof of vaccination, obviously. But yeah, this is a, a very different Grey Cup and Grey Cup Festival because of, you know, the, the new world that we're living in right now. And it's going to be fascinating as this is a warm up for. 2023 and and what happens in the next uh, couple of years so we had ted michaels on earlier for a prediction and it wasn't too positive rick uh he said blue bombers i don't know he goes through all the categories and says that they're way more consistent what are you predicting for sunday well, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Winnipeg has been the most consistent team this season. You know, they're 11 and three for a reason. Uh, and really, I mean, they were 11 and one and they started resting guys because they had already clinched a playoff spot. They are clearly the better team on paper. Um, but in saying that, you know, the Ty Cats in 2019 were clearly the better team on paper. They were the better team or maybe even the hotter team going in as Winnipeg won a couple of, you know, really close games in uh, the playoffs in 2019. So 
I mean, you can throw all the stats up against the wall, and most of them will favor the Blue Bombers. They've scored the most points. They've allowed the least points. They have the most wins. They probably have the most outstanding player. And Zach Caleros, he's up for a CFL award tonight. Um, you know, 15 All-Stars, five out of the seven awards tonight are Blue Bombers nominees. Only two are Hamilton Tiger Cats. But... After all that, it is yeah. one day, it's one game, it's 60 minutes, and whichever team comes out and plays and makes the most plays is going to win. And that quite possibly can be the Tiger Cats. They were 5-2 and two this season. Winnipeg was 4-3 and three on the road. Uh, the weather is going to really be a non-factor. So who knows? Anything can happen. And, and sometimes everything does happen in a great cup. It's going to be a nail-biter. Rick Zamperin, host of the fifth quarter after the game on Sunday. And then uh, Monday morning, good morning, Hamilton. Uh, make sure you're tuning in and we hear the fallout, hopefully positive, of a great weekend. Rick, as always, thanks for the time. Good luck. Have fun this weekend. You got it. Enjoy the game. Great Cup weekend in the Hammer. What an exciting time it is to be in Hamilton and not only be hosting the Great Cup, but also having uh, the home team, Ty Cats, uh, in the game. This is, uh, this is two thumbs up. It doesn't get any better than this as we set up for a huge year in the Hammer, uh, including an outdoor game uh, in the NHL with the uh, Sabres and the Leafs, as well as the World Cup qualifier. And then in 2023, doing the Great Cup thing again, except a full throttle a full meal deal. Uh, it's an exciting time to be a Hamiltonian. Let's bring in Mayor Fred Eisenberger. He is with us now. Mayor Fred, a pretty exciting weekend. You must be pretty jazzed to have the home team in as well as hosting the event. Oh, so exciting, Scott. Uh, you know, not only not only do we uh, host the Great Cup, and after after pandemic, after having not been able to do it, uh, you know, the, the last year, uh, and uh, not only do we have that, but we've got the home team in it to uh, to win it, and uh, that hasn't happened since 1972. So that uh, in itself is a is a blessing. And you know what, the icing on the cake would be, and you know we'll keep our fingers crossed on this one. Uh, we encourage uh, you know a win. Uh, wouldn't that be the kind of the the, the grand slam of uh, of football to have that all happen right here in our hometown to, for everyone here to celebrate? So. Very excited, very excited with all the events that are happening. In fact, uh, you know, we've got, uh, you know, The Rock, uh, you know, played their first game uh, here last week and they're headquartered here in mm-hmm. Hamilton now. It's going to be very exciting lacrosse opportunity. Uh, we have basketball playing. We've got our hockey going on. And, of course, uh, the uh, the outdoor game coming up in March and uh, the CPL uh, kind of world uh, world game in, in terms of soccer. So, you're right. It's uh, it's it's many many blessings, and hopefully, through uh, you know, as we work our way out of this COVID process, that uh, we'll continue to do uh, do well to keep the numbers down, to get people vaccinated, to keep them safe, and keep our economy flourishing. And you know, what better time right now to uh, to help support the hardest hit? I think uh, one of the hardest hit industries, which is the uh, the hotel, restaurant, hospitality mm. industry, that's taken a real beating. And certainly this is going to give it uh, a pretty significant lift right here in Hamilton. And, you know, there's something that uh, Keenan Loomis was saying from uh, the chamber, and this is a valid point. I never thought of this, but because it is a home team, uh, there isn't a there isn't two visiting teams coming in. So he was encouraging people to order out and take advantage uh, of the hospitality in this city, because even if you're a Hamiltonian and you're not going to the game, you still got to support the cause, uh, y- you know, and, and do whatever you can. Let me ask you this. Obviously, when you're a mayor or a city councilor, it can be a 
pretty tough job at at times uh, trying to uh, juggle the trials and tribulations of the day. Obviously, this is one of those times when being a mayor is, is a pretty cool gig. What's your agenda this weekend? What are you doing? Uh, so last night it was uh, at uh, at Bridgeworks where they're uh, they're kicking off their the Tiger Cat party hosted by the Tiger Cats, I believe. And it was uh, a great opportunity to not only sample the Bridgeworks, which is a great uh, new entertainment facility down on the end of Caroline Street near near uh, near Stewart Street, which is uh, you know a former city building converted into an entertainment venue, uh, you know organized by uh, Sonic Onion. So it was a great event. Lots of lots of folks came out for that. There's uh, there's going to be the uh, com- commissioner's uh, 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 tailgating party, uh, you know, starting at uh, about one o'clock on uh, on Sunday, and uh, there will be another uh, event happening, uh, you know, shortly thereafter at uh, Leuna Station, and of course uh, throughout the weekend, uh, the convention center for uh, for fans at at, at large. Uh, there's you know a number of activities happening there all the way throughout the weekend. So. It's uh, it's uh, and there are there. I think there's a you know number of restaurants that are hosting kind of special events that uh, you know would certainly be attractive for any fans to come out and enjoy. So uh, you know, folks need to need to kind of look up uh, on the website to uh, to check out all the venues that are happening throughout our community. I'll do as many as I can, and certainly uh, these are the fun times, right? Uh, as you as you point out, uh, you know, being there these days has been a, a bit of a challenge. Uh, or any elected official in leadership, our medical mm. officer of health, our emergency operations center, all have had significant challenges. I think there's a lot of pent-up uh, desire to celebrate. Uh, and this is certainly one way that uh, we can all celebrate and rally around the team, not only here in Hamilton, but right across the country, because the Great Cup is a, a national tradition that uh, I know people right across the country will, will be participating in, and no doubt they'll be... Uh, ordering pizzas and ordering takeout and uh, and doing that uh, you know from coast to coast so uh, let's uh, let's all celebrate uh, this great canadian tradition for the 108th time and for hamilton we're blessed that uh, you know in 2 years time we can uh, celebrate this again and hopefully have the full a full on uh, great cup festival that uh, is somewhat muted this year but certainly as good as it can be and uh, hopefully 2 years from now it'll be even better and what a great decision it was to make that announcement so early on and, and put the two uh, so close together. Uh, I think that's really uh, heightened the excitement as well. All right, there's always bets between the mayors of opposing cities. What do you got going on? <laughs> oh, so we've, uh, we've got a bet with the mayor of Winnipeg that uh, the losing mayor will have to, uh, uh, to create a cutout, a life-size cutout with uh, – with the uh, the sweater of the opposing team, and they have to post that in a prominent place in, in City Hall or some <laughs> other prominent place for 108 hours uh, to celebrate the 108th uh, Grey Cup. So uh, if we lose, and I'm not I'm not jinxing ourselves, uh, I'll be I'll be uh, having a a cutout here that uh, with with a Winnipeg sweater on uh, displayed somewhere in uh, in the forecourt of City Hall. Well, hopefully you won't have to do that, Mayor. Uh, we're all yeah, hoping well, uh, for a big win. Yeah, all right. I'm well, counting, it's counting on a win. Yeah. All right, Mayor. It's been great talking with you. Enjoy the festivities. Thanks so much for everything the city does to to make us look great in uh, scenarios and situations like this. Enjoy the weekend. Well deserved for everybody at the city and Oski Wee Wee. Good luck, Mayor. Oski Wee Wee. Go Cats. Go. Let's have some fun. The truth and only the truth. This is Hamilton Today with Scott Thompson on 900 CHML.
Don't forget to uh, check out the website, all the details on what is going on this weekend in, in around the Hammer for uh, the uh, Grey Cup. Don't forget Rick Zamperin's got the fifth quarter coming up after the game on Sunday. All right, another uh, another uh, uh, comment that people were making was about parking on the lawn, which is, my goodness, it even made it into the Arkell song. Uh, and, and they're not allowing that this year. And the reason is, is because of the event and the size that it is, they have to extend a security perimeter. And basically, they don't want cars driving down streets uh, that close to the stadium where there is obviously a lot of pedestrian traffic. And that makes complete sense. Although we love the spirit of, of, of you know, the people that live there. But think of this. If they seal off that perimeter and it's only people in there, my goodness, you are going to see one giant block party. Because I can imagine uh, that the people of the streets and the community around uh, the, the uh, stadium and such, uh, it's going to be a pretty lively atmosphere come this weekend. All right. Uh, as you uh, may or may not know, and if you don't, you've been under a rock. Uh, it's a pretty big weekend in the Hammer. The stars are aligned. Uh, Hamilton is hosting the Grey Cup. The Tiger Cats are in the Grey Cup. And Hamilton's own Arkells are the halftime show. So, does it get any more Hamiltonian than that? And, you know, what actually goes into producing a halftime show? We know who to ask. Max Kerman is with us from the Arkells, of course. The Arkells playing the halftime show, Grey Cup, this Sunday. Max, thanks so much for taking the time. I know you're a busy guy these days. How does it feel as you're, you're, you're just ready to, to host this massive Grey Cup show? Yeah, it's a lot of work, but we love it. You know, it's like, I think... A big part of being an artist is having a project to work on and having a deadline. <laughs> you know, whether whether it's, you know, working towards a concert or working on an album, I think our band works best when when we're trying to achieve something together. And we've never, you know, tried to pull off a 15-minute television performance ever. Uh, and so, so it's a new kind of project for us. But it's really fun. There's so much that goes into... 15 minutes there's probably like you know 115 hours <laughs> that, that goes into it but uh but in our mind, it's a great way to spend your day. It's an interesting uh, term that you use, project, because I, I was going to ask you, how does this compare to doing a typical show where there's sort of a beginning, middle, and end? Not that there isn't here. I remember Springsteen saying about playing uh, the halftime show at Super Bowl, it's like doing an encore. How do you approach this? Yeah, you know, it's quite different because, you know, when you're playing your own concert, you, you know the people there are typically excited to see you. When you're playing something on TV to like a wide sports audience, you're really trying to win people over. And for us, it's, it's a matter of sort of cramming two hours of excitement that you normally see into a concert into 15 minutes. So we're, we're pulling out as many tricks as we can think of um, you know, to, to make it a dynamic and interesting and exciting television experience. However, you know, let's be honest, the Arkells and the Ticats and Hamilton, I mean, there's a lot of love there. So uh, you have to think a lot of the people there are going to absolutely love this experience, considering the theme song. Yeah, well, you know, we feel so lucky to have, you know, so much support in Hamilton. And, you know, our, our biggest show ever was the rally at Tim Hortons Field in 2018. And we're going to be bringing it back in June. Uh, it'll be even bigger. And uh, so we know we got the, the hometown crowd on our side. I will say, though, most fan members are always, uh, you know, thinking about the one person in the crowd who doesn't look entertained. And that's <laughs> the person that occupies you. <laughs> so, 
for us, it's like we're thinking about like you know the random mom in Red Deer, Alberta, who's tuning into the halftime show to see what's up, and we want to impress her. So talk about having to do this in a in a very short period of time. I mean, obviously, uh, a few minutes before you're standing and playing where you're playing, there was a football game going on. What's it like to get uh, from the sidelines onto the stage, get the production done, and get, then get the heck off? Yeah, I know. Well, we, we know we got 15 minutes to make, make some magic happen. And, um, you know, with the Grey Cup, it, it is different. You know, most other sporting events, people are there to see, see, the, see the game and everything else is somewhat of a distraction. Uh, in this case, though, I think people are excited to see the halftime show. And we've worked really hard on, you know, making a stage that looks cool. We're going to have uh, 300 Arkell fans uh, right around the stage right. uh, to add to the vibe. And, you know, we got some pyro in the works and 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 you know i think for us having the lumineers and k-play part of the program makes it that much more safe i know obviously this is going to be a big surprise for everybody you've given us a little bit of a hint now uh anything more you can tell us on what we can expect to see on sunday Ooh, oh i got my nails done uh, <laughs> blink, blink once on it that, that'll be uh, that, that's my new nail job that's what i can say so what about playing in a stadium? Uh, and like you said, uh, you're going to have 300 fans or, or so there around you, but then there is that vast area and then the stands. What sort of issue does that present to you as a performer? You know, you can see those people in front, so you're getting the vibe from them, but then there's the people in the stands. Yeah, you know, um, you know, I think one of the things that has um, made our band successful is that we're good at, uh, at trying to reach the person uh, in the last row, you know, I think that that was, that was a lesson I learned early on. It's like you, you gotta you gotta address the people not only in front of you, uh, but the people you know who feel like a mile away. And uh, yeah, just I think making sure that we remember that is, is is very important. All right, Max, I know you're busy and you gotta run. We couldn't let you go though with asking if you got all the legal issues and all the ramifications uh, corrected in regards to the Arkell's name. Has that all been put to bed? What can you oh, tell the Ron, fans? We haven't heard from Ron lately. So I think he's had a change of tune. There you go. Great to hear. Well, uh, Max, thanks so much for joining us, and good luck with this weekend. We're all behind you. We're cheering you on just like the cats. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I appreciate it. Max Kerman, Arkells. Thanks so much, Max. Good luck. Bye. All right. uh, There you have it. Uh, Max Kerman from the Arkells getting ready for the big show. They literally, uh, we had to scramble to get this interview recorded earlier on today, and they were literally rehearsing while uh, he was doing the interview and they would run in and grab him and bring him back out for five minutes uh, in order to do that interview. So it's going to be pretty exciting and pretty exciting for uh, for everybody involved. As I said, you know, uh, you've got a truly Hamilton experience with a Hamilton Grey Cup, a Hamilton team, a Hamilton band, and, oh, yeah, as someone pointed out, uh, Tim Horton's field. It don't get much more Hamilton than that, does it, uh, considering the history of uh, that brand and, and everything else. So what a truly, truly exciting time it is uh, setting up to be for this weekend. Even though it's an abbreviated version, it, it's going to be just an incredible weekend. And when you think about it, it's just a dry run for what is going to happen happen in uh, 2023 so it's a a very exciting time to be uh, in the hammer all right it is 545 news coming up at the top of the hour with diana weeks and she's got a sneak peek for us now hey scott it's bruce just wondering if you have a good crow recipe for uh, ted's dinner on monday oski wee wee
<laughs> oh. That's going to be fascinating. Of course, uh, Ted Michaels on the roundtable earlier on, and he has been pretty good at predicting some of these, uh, but said, uh, pointed out the consistency of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and that uh, that's what he, who he predicted on paper would, uh, would, would win the game. And obviously, uh, already getting the fallout from that uh, here. And clearly the dog's not happy with it either. All right, let's bring in Scott Radley, host of the Scott Radley Show, columnist with your Hamilton Spectator. He is with us now. Scott, thanks for the time. I hope you're well. I am as well as your dog is. I'm hoping. Uh, So your thoughts on the big game. Ted was, you know, a a bit of a downer, uh, but said, no, no, I'm being being realistic here. So uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, you know. (laughs) <laughs> so what, what as you as you dissect these two teams uh, obviously there's history here with the last great cup uh, what are your thoughts well look ted is not wrong on one point and that is if you look at pretty much every stat every metric every whatever else winnipeg is ahead they just are and so if it's a purely computer generated result uh, winnipeg will win the thing about these things are, though, um, other things get thrown into the mix. And, and the big unknown, or at least the big um, you know, wild card in this, is that Hamilton is playing at home. And you yeah. know, if this game was at a neutral site, I think Winnipeg probably wins it. I don't, I'm not going to say handily, but probably wins it. Playing at home, if Hamilton can not do what they did last weekend and come out and basically sleep through the first half and then wake up for the second half. If they can come out and play well and get the crowd involved and get them loud and everything else, I think Hamilton has a very good chance. But uh, but if they do the somnambulant first half like last week, uh, they're not going to be down just by 12 at the half. It's going to be over. Uh, how much of it is an advantage that you are playing in your home stadium uh, for this huge game? I mean, it, it's the fever certainly going to be there. They 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 certainly can't use uh, um, you know any of this for an excuse. I mean, there everybody's there, everybody's cheering them on. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if that takes them in, to the level they need to be at. Well, uh, yeah, I mean it's. Uh, you know, it's funny. I don't know if it was you I was talking to about this, but I was um, I was at a thing the other night, and Bob Young was there, and we got chatting for just a few minutes. And just the two of us were chatting about how it's so weird that in a nine-team league, where every year in the Grey Cup, two of those teams are in the in the final game, so a quarter of the teams are in the final yeah. every year. How rare it is that a team plays a Grey Cup game at home. It's just it just it rarely happens. I don't understand why. You would think that it would happen. At least once every four years, it doesn't. It's it's a it's a rare thing for this to happen. So we don't have a ton of stats or history on this. However, the last three times that a team has played at home, and weirdly they were three in a row: 2013 in Regina, 2012 in Toronto, and 2011 in I can't remember. I think it might have been Calgary. Anyway, the home team won. So there's there's some factor to it for sure i mean there's and it's not just that hey i feel really good i'm excited because i'm playing at home don't forget in football you can screw up the other team's ability to hear the quarterback's cadence at the line and things like that with the noise 
Um, there, there are, you know, it's, it's more than just, I feel really nice because I've slept in my own bed all week. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, and, you know, it's, and you have, you know, the last time, the last Grey Cup, I mean, Hamilton was the favorite. They were the ones that cleaned up at the awards. They were the ones that appeared to be overconfident. So, uh, you know, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I now, you know what? It's uh, that there is one bit of news today, though, from down at the stadium that um, if this is if this it con- continues on to Sunday, big problem for Hamilton. And this is true. Uh, Ted Laurent, who's one of the best linemen in the game. Uh, and one of the key guys for Hamilton to stop Winnipeg's run game, which is excellent. But Ted Laurent has had some kind of health issue. Some people have said it's a appendix or something. Anyway, he has not been practicing for the past couple of days, and they addressed it, and they basically say they're, you know, the coaches say they're waiting on more. So, you know, if Ted Laurent can't play, that is a big, big loss for Hamilton. So, you know, and I don't know. I'm, I'm you know, I don't know exactly what the situation is. I don't know what his condition or whatever's happened. But boy, you're you're hoping that the one thing you want in a game like this, at the very least, is your best against my best. That, yeah. that you don't want to be peeling out key players because then you know on either side. I mean, I I honestly don't think that Hamilton would be excited if Winnipeg's four best players all went down with injury. They may, mm. you know, they may get a, a title out of it. But I think you want to, if you're a competitor, you want to beat the other team at their best. So no one can say, yeah, but. You want to beat the best. And so I think even Winnipeg would be okay with Ted Laurent being back in. I hope he is. I really do. Because I think it, it, he has a big, he can have a big impact on this game. So you want to make a prediction? I will. Uh, you know you know how I love predictions. I will say this. I know you hate them. That's uh, why I ask you. I, I know You I will, hate them, I, will, I know, and that's why I ask. I will, I will give you this as my prediction. If Hamilton comes out and in the first quarter, I'm going to just say in the first quarter, if they play like they can play in the first even few series of the game, I'll go with Hamilton to win because I think the crowd can then carry them uh, along. But if they, again, if they come out and have a slow start, I think Winnipeg steamrolls them because I don't think Winnipeg is going to have the same problems that Toronto did or the same um, conservative play calling near the goal line that Toronto did Mm. Uh, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot come out and start terribly against these guys and expect to be in the game. So, you know, if they look like, and, and we've seen them before, where they've come out and they've looked like world beaters. If they do that, I'll go with Hamilton. All right, Scott Radley with us, and you can and hear his show later. And then people won't be as mad at me as they are at Ted, so that's good, too. <laughs> There you go. They're, they're mad at Ted before the game and after the game. I don't know. That's true. Uh, all right. The Scott Radley Show coming up tonight after the 6 o'clock news. And, of course, you can read them in your Hamilton Spectator. Scott, as always, thanks so much for the time. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Scott. You too. Thanks for listening to the Hamilton Today podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 on 900CHML and online at 900CHML.com. All right, thanks to Will and Ted and Diana for contributing today and you for uh, the calls. We appreciate that. And as always, we leave it to you, the good CHML listener, to have the last word. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. 
<laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.